DJ PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, right away, Jazz Nation, they hate to do this. Makes them feel dirty. Makes them throw up in their mouth a little bit. But they did it. They rooted for your Lakers to beat the Suns, and your Lakers came through. And now the Jazz have a two-game lead. I assume you are now 100% confident that the Jazz will be the one seed in the playoffs, thanks to the purple and gold. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I celebrate the Jazz from my heart as well, and I'm uh, amazing 50 games, and obviously I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's been out seven, eight games or so, but they've just never missed a step. So congratulations to them. I can't see them not being the number one seed, and um, they just had a terrific year. So when you were coaching and it came time for a conference tournament, how much did you worry about, oh, we got to play this team or that team, as opposed to just worrying about yourself? Because we talk to Jazz fans every day, and they're you know concerned about, oh, we don't want the Lakers in our bracket. We don't want the Clippers in our bracket. Well, you got to play somebody at some point anyway. So what's the level of concern there? You know, I don't, I don't think that you sit there and, and, and really give a lot of thought to it because you're just trying to get your team ready to play the best basketball they can play, no matter who you play. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it, would be, it wouldn't be honest to say, hey, you know, if uh, back in the day we, you know, we had a chance to play um, Wyoming instead of, you know, Utah or San Diego State or whatever. I mean, you do think about those things. You think about matchups, but you don't spend a lot of time on it until you find out who your opponent is. And I think that with Utah, uh, they played everybody, you know, two or three times, and they have a pretty good sense in the field of who they are. I think they're more, a lot more interested in making sure they're healthy. And I think the playoffs are also times where you, you tweak some things. Not that you're going to change your offense or do things, but it, it is a good time to put in new out-of-bounds plays, new quick hitters, new specials, things that they have not even used. That's what you do to prepare and get your guys ready. And, uh, and, and down the road, I mean, I, I, you go from one round to the next, you're, you're making changes, you're, you're tweaking little things that might give you an advantage, a bucket after, uh, uh, you know, a free th- or, you know, after a foul situation, sideline out-of-bounds play, or whatever it might be. Uh, you, you, those are the things as a coaching staff, you're always thinking about what we can do to, to, to be a little more effective. The Jazz are so unselfish and move the ball better than anybody in the league that they've got a, they've got a group of guys that have such high IQs on the floor offensively that they seldom take bad shots. And uh, unless it's the shot clock runs down and that no one was open and they have to take a leg one. And I think that's one of the really uh, special things about this team is, is the chemistry and uh, the unselfishness, the movement of the ball, one more pass, another pass. And it's, it's what's uh, really, really uh, made this a special year because of what those things. And not to say that they're not defending because they're doing that as well, but I, I've really been impressed with what's happened since Mitchell has been out, I mean, everybody has stepped up. And uh, no more than Bogdanovich, who the last three or four games has just been unbelievably uh, shooting the ball in a way that I've never seen him shoot it for. And so I think, I think everything's rolling. It'll, be, it'll, it'll probably be a little bit of an adjustment when Donovan Mitchell comes back. It won't take long. And they'll just plug him in. He's another guy, and obviously a guy that averages 26 points per game. But this team has been really resilient with Mitchell being out. So I think that when he comes back, when Conley comes back, 
everything pretty, everyone kind of slides back into their roles. And I don't have a lot of worries about that. I think the one thing, and, and Joe and Mike have both talked about this, when they're on the floor together, Conley may go to the corner and be decoy guy a little more and let Joe initiate some pick and rolls, keeping him involved. Uh, so I, I think some of that could happen. But I look at the Lakers, and I, it's got to be risky as a coach to change guys' roles at this point in the season. But I'm wondering if what they're seeing, you know, does Caruso just have to have a bigger role? And how are they going to sort out which big guys play when and which big guys do they want to play together? It doesn't look that clear to me. And maybe it's because I watch more of the Jazz than I watch the Lakers, so it may just be my perspective. But it seems to me like there's some tempting stuff for the Lakers to do, and yet it may be too late. It may not be a good idea. What do you think? I, I, I think, and, and part of me says it's too late. That you get, But that, that being said, that there's a fan in me that says that they've played such ugly basketball for a while here, and uh, even, even with uh, getting AD back, and it, it, everything's just been so static. And uh, I, I think that they, they do certainly, and, and I think they have an idea what the combinations are going to be. I mean, getting LeBron on the floor mm-hmm. healthy and AD after a big night last night, getting some confidence back, it's still going to be a team people don't want to play. But I think they are fair. I mean, you've got Schroeder who's still out for another 10 days, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 days uh, with protocol issues. And there's your point guard. You know, it's not like Caruso can't do it because last year in the playoffs, Caruso had some really, really special moments. I mean, he played a huge role in that team. He's, I think he's about 6'5". He's strong. He's got a pretty high IQ. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows where the ball needs to get. So I, I think having Caruso and getting him minutes is probably a good thing. Schroeder will be back. It gives him a little bit more depth. I think the positive for the Lakers is that there's probably going to be a feeling after last night's game and maybe even their play in the last day or two or three that uh, we, we can do this. Now, at the, the end of the day, they still have to do it. And the thing that scares me about the Lakers is I, I believe that they can. I think Vogel's a good defensive coach. I think they can get back to guarding. And once they get LeBron on the floor, they're going to be much better defensively uh, because he, you know, he is going to be – even though he's been hurt, he's going to be rested. And he'll have the energy to defend and when he needs to, but I I just think it, it's a it's a team that there's still a lot of question marks about. But that being said, if I'm the Jazz or the Suns, and one of those two teams is going to end up playing them, uh, yeah, you know you'd ra- you'd rather start with maybe someone else <laughs> because this I do know. I mean, LeBron, if he's healthy and he can play, he, he is a leader on that floor and. Uh, he has the capability of taking games over, and AD gets his I, I thought Anthony Davis really, really struggled for a long time. And I, I saw the highlights of last night's game, and obviously he kind of went off. But if the two of them are clicking, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan about AD playing a lot on the perimeter. Uh, I, I just think the, the Lakers are better. Like, having Gasol in the game, uh, I know he's got his deficiencies. I actually like him in the game because he stretches teams defensively. Can put AD down, and 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 you can now you can you can have AD pop out or play inside. Uh, I just think sometimes he tends to settle for jumpers. And I mind you that they, they were going in last night, but he settles for jumpers sometimes when he could be in banging and getting some fouls and getting to the free throw line. So I like a combination. I mean, I, I, Gasol did not really play well at all during most of the season, but when he played against the Clippers, he he gives you something if he's knocking the three ball down. That spacing that the Lakers don't have great spacing. 
they kind of stand and don't move without the ball. With Gasol, he can pick and pop. And uh, I just like AD having some minutes down low. I, I just think they're better. They're better when he can get down there and get, get fouls and get free throws and then step out and, and uh, hit, hit the three ball and step out and hit that mid-range jumper, which he loves at the elbow. So you referenced Bogdanovich tear, and obviously with the 48 points really exemplified it, but he's been doing it now for a number of games. He's really filled the void with Mitchell being out, and he talked about earlier in the season he wasn't hitting his shots, so he put the ball on the floor, went to the basket. Now he's got both aspects working. And so I'm wondering with Mitchell and Conley when they do come back, if you're Quinn Snyder, what is your message to Bogdanovich to make sure he stays where he's at? Well, I think, first of all, he doesn't need to change anything about his game. And they would, I mean, sometimes people, and I've been guilty of this, sometimes we tend to overcoach. You get in situations, it's postseason, it's a big weekend, and, you know, I mean, you can do that. And all of a sudden, the things that have been really working for you, because you add bodies to the team and you have a different lineup, uh, you, you do things a little bit differently. I, I just don't think they do anything differently. And Bogdanovich, and, and Mitchell is another creator. He's a guy that can find guys. Bogdanovich, you, you mentioned it. I mean, he's been, has the ability to put the thing on the ball. He's playing with so much confidence. Um, I, don't, I don't think they have to rely on Donovan Mitchell like they may have thought they had to. I don't think it has to be the mindset. He'll come back. It'll take him a little bit of time to get his legs under him and, and get back. But they, I don't think they change anything about what they're doing. I mean, Bogdanovich is playing with so much confidence. Nang, is it, how, how does he spell his name? Is it Nang? Yeah, George Nang. Yeah, There's I, an S on the yeah. end of George that's silent. Yeah, he, he has – I mean, he's another guy that uh, has really stepped up in, in Donovan Mitchell's absence. So the team has actually, I think, got – I mean, it may seem silly, but they've actually gotten better through, through the, the, the attrition of losing – Conley at times and Donovan Mitchell. It's what it's done is instilled confidence and uh, let guys know that, that they, hey, you know what, we want, certainly want those guys healthy and playing, but we can do this with or without them. I and mean, that's kind of the mindset that a Joe Ingles has. I mean, you watch him play, you know, and I, and I love him actually uh, at the top of the key with the ball because he's got size. He's just got a bright mind. He sees the floor. And, and I know that role it might be for Con- You know, you mentioned Conley maybe going down in the corners. But even when Donovan Mitchell, I like it when Joe Engel has the ball in his hands. He makes good decisions. He can see over defenses. And, uh, and you can't get two or three steps off him because he, he's just shooting the ball well. So uh, I, I like those moments when, when Joe's up top. He, he makes things happen. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So the team that's getting overlooked as we talk Jazz and Lakers is the Clippers, and they've gone through a rough stretch here, losing, uh, what, four out of six or five out of seven, whatever it is. Uh, Kawhi Leonard out, then back in. Doesn't seem like a spark. Maybe they're struggling to reintegrate him, and it'll be fine. Uh, Are we overlooking them? Should we be overlooking them? What do you think? I, you know, I, 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 would, I mean, the, the fan base may be uh, upset and disappointed with what's happening. Uh, I think that they need, they too need to get healthy. I, I, I don't know what the word is on Ibaka, but Ibaka's on the floor. Serge Ibaka can can do things that this team needs that they can stretch and open the floor because he has the ability to knock threes down. I just don't know about his whereabouts or if he's even coming back at all. But uh, they have been plagued by some injuries. I've watched them play a couple of times recently. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think that Rondo was a good addition for him. I think he, you know, he brings something to the table that, with that experience and so forth. But, but you're right. I, I don't think their bench is great. And uh, Paul's been playing pretty well. Uh, but they need, they, need a healthy, they need a healthy team. And they, they've kind of suffered with injuries. So uh, I, I don't think that right now where they're at is where they want to be. But you, I would never uh, discount that team. I mean, I just think on any given night they're capable of doing things. But uh, they just had a hard time finding an identity. You know, every, and when everything is initiated from the perimeter on the wings and so forth, you, you know, there's never really been a, any kind of inside presence established in that game. Rondo has helped with decision-making. Patrick Beverly is back, but I, don't, I mean, I, I think Patrick Beverly does bring some really good things to that team in terms of energy and, and defending and so forth, but, he, but he's, not, he's not a great offensive player, and he doesn't, he, he's not, doesn't have that mindset of a point guard like Rondo plays. And so I think that, uh, uh, you know, they've struggled because of it. And, uh, but I, I still, that's another team I wouldn't want to necessarily play just because you know what their, their upside is. And, uh, it's just the fact that both, both Paul, I mean, neither one of the, the, you know, the key players have played well together at the same time a lot of times. And, and a lot of it has to do with injuries, but, uh, I, the Clippers are still capable and, uh, Utah and Phoenix are going to end up playing somebody pretty good at some point in time. And, uh, I think probably, well, Utah's going to win the division, so they're not going to – I don't think that they would play. The Lakers, if they win their first game in that playing game, let's say that happens, they go in the play-in, they're going to end up playing – they're going to end up being the seventh seed, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so they'll play Phoenix. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to be afraid of Phoenix and where, where they just beat them without LeBron. So uh, that's, that's the difficult matchup for Phoenix. But at some point in time, I'm, I am uh, hopeful – that the Lakers can put it together and, and be competitive again and get it done, but I, I won't be surprised and I won't be that disappointed. I am. Uh, I, I just love that we've got new people and new teams, and the East is the same way. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Philadelphia seems to be playing better, and that Brooklyn with you know so many guys in and out of the lineup are obviously talented. I don't know that there's many people other than that live in Brooklyn are going to be pulling for them, <laughs> but uh, the, the top three in the East. Uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee uh, are all teams that are better. And, I mean, if Brooklyn gets everybody back, they're obviously going to be amazing. But I like the way Philadelphia has been playing. Uh, even though Simmons isn't shooting the ball from the perimeter, uh, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Defensively, they're much better this year. And I think there's not nearly as much pressure on Milwaukee as there has been in the past. And they haven't handled that well. So I, I think the East is going to be a little better than people think. And uh, it's going to be an exciting NBA playoffs. So you already referenced Phoenix losing to the Lakers and all talking about how there's a very good possibility that they could play in the first round. How much do you buy that messages are sent in the regular season? Because the Lakers, a watered-down version of the Lakers, although Anthony Davis was at his best, beat the Suns. So my point being... Should the Suns be all that in a nervous panic? Oh, my gosh. We might have to play the Lakers in the first round. Do you buy that there's a statement made in the first uh, in the regular season? Not with Chris Paul leading that team. I, I don't think he's, that's not going to be allowed. There, there, there won't be those conversations. I mean, they'll have, obviously, respect. They know what they're up against. Um, I just think that a, a, a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD, that's more than that team can deal with inside and outside. 
and I, and I even though the Phoenix would have a you know the home court advantage, um, I, I do believe that if LeBron comes back and he's any semblance of himself, that that's a series that LA certainly feels they can win and, and probably will win. Um, but I don't think that's going to be Phoenix mindset. I mean, they they've had such a great year, and to have the kind of leadership that they have, not you know with with the coaching staff and especially with Chris Paul. Um, I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I guess those thoughts can creep into your mind, and you wonder, hey, last time we played him, but you know what? They'll be ready. They're not going to be surprised, and uh, they have a body of work. And, and a lot of the experts believe that Phoenix healthy, and and uh, is it, you know most of the guys are picking Phoenix to beat LA because LA has been so up and down. I understand that, but uh, there is something to be said about the Lakers, the history, and. Uh, despite the fact that they have had no chemistry on the floor and just literally ball movement was just static and um, guys taking quick shots and, and so forth. Uh, Bogle, one thing that he did a good job of last year is he really put a good defensive game plan together for every game they played, and I expect the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the Lakers are healthy, I think they beat Phoenix. I mean, and it may be it may take seven games to do it because they don't have home court advantage. But I do not believe Phoenix doesn't believe they can't win. I mean, Chris Paul is just such a competitor and has had a huge influence on that team. Besides the fact that Booker's really special, and I mean they they're having a great year and they have a lot of confidence. And you know, I, I listen to a little bit of NBA Serious Radio, and and uh, most of the experts there feel like Phoenix has the ability to, to, to win that series, even if LeBron comes back. But I don't know. I, I, I just I got to believe that the Lake, if LeBron's healthy, L.A. wins that series. Steve, as always, we appreciate it. When we talk to you again next week, it'll, well, it won't all be set because we'll have the play-in series right in front of us, but the top six yep. will be set, and we'll know that. We'll talk to you then, and uh, have a good week. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, the former BYU coach. Tim Roy, play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, is coming up at 9.30. Jazz and the Warriors tonight, right here on 97.5. 1280 The Zone will have the bees tonight. It's Jazz and Warriors. We'll talk with Tim Roy at 9.30. Stay with us.